Thank you, Alicia. I appreciate that very much for standing in. Now, John is away because him and his wife, uh, Brenna, are celebrating their first year anniversary. Isn't that great? Uh, so, yeah, you can clap. Uh, they're not here, but uh, when you see them, you can say, hey, John and Brenna, happy anniversary, first year, way to go. And those of you who have been married for, you know, that 40 years and those 50 years, you can come up with them and just nod and say, there's so much more to come. My name is Scott Hemingway. I'm the interim lead pastor here. If you're visiting with us, and it's great that you are with us this morning just to celebrate the Lord and uh, to join us. We do something here in the church called Three-ish Things, and our idea with Three-ish Things is to present to you just a, three kind of quick announcements that we have here-ish. Sometimes we add more, sometimes we leave them off. Really never leave anything off. We always add two. But uh, Three-ish Things. So here are my Three-ish Things that I have for you this morning, two for me, and then one I will invite somebody to come up. The first is uh, myself and uh, and Ralph. Ralph Kempe, where are you, Ralph? There he is, right over there. And Byron uh, is back there. Uh, two of the elders went with me to our assemblies uh, for our denomination. And we just got back last night. And uh, we're here today and wanted to just tell you that it was the largest uh, participation of the assemblies I think they've ever had. There were somewhere around 275 delegates. I think there were 400 uh, people altogether that were there. We had a lively and good discussion. Um, and for me, not really knowing the denomination and coming in, it was, it was great to get to know a little bit more of how the denomination works and what goes on with it. And uh, one of the significant things that took place was that uh, just our, where the denomination stands when it comes to marriage and the definition of marriage. And so that was something that was talked about. And at the end of the day, uh, the, the statement that we have, as well as the, which matches the denomination, was something that was upheld. Um, so if you want to know more about that, please talk to Ralph or talk to Byron, and you can talk to me, and we can fill you in in some of the details that was there. So that's, that's the first announcement. Uh, second announcement for you to be aware of is that we have been supporting House of Grace, and House of Grace is here in this community set up to help those in our community who are facing a pregnancy and wondering what to do, um, whether they should continue on with that pregnancy or terminate it, and they are here to help walk through uh, our, our community in that. And we have, uh, we have highlighted them here, and through the month from, from Mother's Day to Father's Day, they do a thing called the Bottle Drive. Um, you might be familiar with it. If you've, if you've uh, ever participated, usually they have these plastic bottles, and you fill it up with change, and then you give it back to them at the end of the time. And they've recognized that uh, we don't really carry around a lot of cash these days. Um, and a lot of people just, it's all card. And so they've done it in a way of you to grab the information in an envelope and then to write, uh, to, to write a check if you still do that. Or maybe you, um, you can e-transfer, but there's different ways that you can give to that ministry. And we would really encourage you to consider uh, supporting House of Grace. And again, if you want more information, you can talk to me, but it is backed on our information table. So my last announcement is actually not me, but it's Leilianne. I'm going to have her come up, and she is going to share about kids 
camp. And so I'm really pleased that uh, Leilian gets to do this. And while you do that, Leilian, I'm going to slip over here just to grab a stool. Okay. And Liv, you, you've got the stage. It's, it's all yours. George Brewster said that if I tripped coming up that I should dance and try and pull it off. So, <laughs> so you never know. Um, I'm here to speak about kids camp. And, uh, you know, I kind of got roped into doing this, wasn't really so keen on doing it. Looked at the notes from last year, from three years ago, I guess it was, and it was kind of going to be a boring time and, you know, kind of got to get our kids in and, okay, I can do this, I can do this, right? You got to be kidding. No way is this going to be a boring time. Not at all. I am so excited to be asked to work alongside with John and just as an offside because three-ish. I'm the ish, so there may be a lot of ishing here. Um, John's not here today, but please, as a congregation, we need to pray for him. We are so lucky to have him. Come in. He's been married for one year, like Scott said, but he's also just been in this community for one year. And look, he has stepped in to Jesse's role, and he's taken this on this summer, and wow, are we lucky. So please, please, please pray for him, and for me too. But I have the amazing gift of being able to work with him. So we are doing a kids' camp this summer, and it is not going to be boring. I guarantee that. It, the theme for this year is monumental. Can you say that? Monumental. Okay, that's a pretty big word. And that's what we're talking about, how monumental God is and how amazing his creation is and how unbelievable his goodness to us is. That's pretty big. I don't know if we can pull it off in five days because monumental is a pretty big word, but we're going to try. So Kids Zone, which as another-ish thing, kids with a Z. My mother was an English teacher. It kills me every time I see that, but I'll try and overlook it. Kids Camp is going to be this summer. It is, just so that I get it right, uh, July 11th to 15th. And it's going to be from kindergarten to grade four, and it will be three hours. It'll be somewhere between 5.15 and 8.15, and we are going to feed those kids supper. We are going to sing. We are going to, there may be some dancing, but Baptist dancing. And we are going to learn about this monumental God that we have. We're going to have games, and it is just going to be an incredible time of bringing in the community. I want to remind you that We've come through three years of COVID. We all in various ways and forms have watched our kids and our grandchildren and our teenagers disconnect. This is our chance, church. This is our chance to plant some seeds. These may be young kids, but they're gonna grow into big kids. This is our chance. So there's so many things that you can do. There's so many things that I'm gonna need help with. And you said how many? Three-ish? Okay, okay, okay. Let me think here. Okay, so. Let me see. So in the spirit of three-ish, I, I think maybe I need next week to go over this a little bit more. So I will be out in the foyer at the end, and there are so many ways that you can help us. I look forward to um, adding to them for next week. And uh, please just keep us in your prayers. Keep John in your prayers and, and myself as well. And uh, I cannot wait to see God reveal himself to us in what kind of ways? Monumental ways. Thanks. Well, I have to say that if that's what it looks like to rope somebody in, 
Wow. Uh, thank you very much, Leilian. And, and, and so if you want to talk to her, if you can't remember her name, just look for the lady in the polka dots today, and she'll be out in the foyer. And really what she's saying is that for us as a church family to do this, we need us to come and volunteer and be part of that um, week. And, uh, and so please begin to think about it. Talk to her about the she's, opportunities galore to be part, small and big, and so please consider that as we move forward. You'll hear from her again, and again, and again. Uh, so, uh, fantastic. We're going to have a time of prayer as a church family, and what we often do is we, we have a time of prayer um, as we've kind of changed things up, as you know, is we give, we give the opportunity for us to pray where we are and leading us in that. So it's not so much of me praying and you listening, but it's actually you engaging as I, as I lead you in that. And I want to do something this morning where it's a little bit more participatory um, in verbally, and, and that is I, in, in my time of prayer, I like to praise the Lord. I like to thank him for who he is and to remember his character and his attributes. And, and I want to do that this morning as a, as a church family. We sang that song, Be Thou My Vision. And I believe you're sitting here today because... Because he has been your vision. He has guided you. He has led you. Whether it's your first time here in this church or uh, just throughout your journey with God, he has led you. And I would love for us in a time of praise to just simply uh, say why you are thankful to the Lord. What is it about his character? Is it because he is a loving God or a forgiving God that he knows you? Um, and I would just like us just to, to share that out loud um, and it doesn't matter if as you're sharing, somebody else shares uh, at the same time. So if you just, if something's on your heart to share, just sh share it. And that's how we're going to start it off. And then I'll lead us into the next two areas, okay? So um, let's praise the Lord. Let's hear it. Why do you love God?
así es. Lord, we, uh, we've been able to have that time of, of just praising you, remembering who you are. And I know those that are listening online didn't hear all that. Father, I know that, that together we can praise you. And church, I'd like to lead us in a time of confession. And I know that as we hear those words, confession, it often will immediately take us to a point of looking at our lives and what sin do we need to confess. And it is good that we can come to a God who says that when we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe as we have this time when we pause for a moment to confess, you might be in that spot of God, through his spirit, coming and saying, hey, there's areas of your life you need to confess today. But I also know that confession sometimes is just confessing where you are right now with God. Maybe you are weak. Maybe you are fearful. Maybe you are distracted. So I just want to take a moment for you to take a moment, for us to take a moment, and just come before God in confession, how he may lead you. Let's do that together as a church. In your own hearts, where you sit, silently before the Lord. It's also good to be reminded, church family, that we have a God who desires for us to bring our requests, our prayers for others before him. He invites us to do that. And I would invite us at this time to bring our requests before him. Maybe your request is something that is happening in your life. And you've been praying for some time. And still you don't feel there is an answer. I invite you to bring that again to him. Sometimes it is about the waiting. It is about the resting and the request that we learn and we understand. I'd also invite you to pray for others, those in your life, those that do not know Jesus. Opportunity to slow down this morning and just to pray for them. So church family, let us lift up before God our requests, our supplications before him. A God who hears us, a God who invites us to do this.
I thank you, God, that you are a God who is all-powerful, that as many here today prayed to you, that, Lord, you heard every single prayer as if they were standing in an audience of one before you. God, that you listened intently. And Lord, I, I pray with my brothers and sisters here today. And I say, God, in these prayer requests, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, as we go to a period of time now of worshiping you through the teaching of your word, I pray for Wayne as he comes to share your word with us. That our hearts are in a place to receive your words. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Wayne to come up here. And can I call you Pastor Wayne? Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> so it's a real blessing for me at this time as I am interim to have uh, pastor Wayne here. He has uh, pastored the Nazarene Church in town for many years, uh, 14. 14 years, and has recently retired. And then I put him to work. As you've been watching the dailies, um, he has been working hard. I, what's retirement, Wayne? I don't know. I've forgotten. Is this on? I got, the red, I got a green light, but. Uh... Oh, it's probably muted. There we go. You, you might have to come fix it. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I, pushed it. I guess it's stalled it. <laughs> All right. Take it off. <laughs> oh, we are uh, technology. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can start the. All right, we're going to get them wired up here. Mm -hmm. I never get the two, two. No, you never get two. I don't get two guys, no. <laughs> you can preach with a hand mic. All right, we'll give this. A quick shot here. Testing one, I can't believe I broke both, there you go. both of your microphones. Gosh. Okay. I've only been here a few minutes. <laughs> yep. All right, I'm going to turn it over to you. It's all yours. Uh -oh. Now I have, probably have to get my wife to put this on my belt for me. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'm dressed. Let's go. Ah, I can't believe I actually been reading the Bible for 45 years and I forgot something. 
Didn't see it. For 45 years, I didn't see it. But then it's not about us reading the Bible and getting everything right and memorizing all the details and becoming better people. It's about Jesus and our need for him. So the living word can just do that without you even giving him permission. He'll just speak into your life because that's who he is. <clears throat> and I needed to see this, and I only found it out fresh like a couple of months ago. You've probably known it for a long time. Maybe not. Genesis chapter 3, actually to begin at Genesis chapter 2, there's a couple of verses, and then Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of, the, of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you will surely die. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. So now the enemy comes, and he's going after Eve, and he says to her, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. What does he know about truth? He knows how to lie about the truth. Every lie is a lie about the truth. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, what's wrong with that? So the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree and a tree desirable to make one wise. And I stopped there. Desirable to make one wise. And I got thinking, wait a minute. It says three times in the Old Testament that God alone is wise. So what was she being offered? Well, she was being offered to decide for herself what was good and what was evil. Now you say, well, okay, so what's wrong with that? Because we should be wise, right? Maybe not. Maybe we need to rethink this. Romans chapter 16, verse 27. To God alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. 1 Timothy 1.17. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Book of Jude, to God, uh, verse 25, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty both now and forever. Amen. And I'm thinking, we don't need to be wise, we only need to live in God who is wise. That's what they had going. Living in God who alone is wise. Not good enough. Not good enough? Why not good enough? I mean, right now, <laughs> we are on a molten planet we're on the crust of a molten planet in the air there's nothing that even the spaceships have been able to see that holds us there we're just there and there's this great big ball of fire that if it gets too close we're going to be just smoke and it's and it's going around this big ball of fire and it's got a wobble so it's not perfect it's got a wobble what's the wobble spring summer fall winter and we're really going to say that maybe we could advise God a little differently on how to do things? Seriously. Thinking we're wise. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 14, we got a story of Solomon, wisest man in the world. Okay, so there's a man that God made wise. Maybe. Maybe it's not that simple. Let's have a look. 1 Kings chapter 3 
keep track of my watch here. Just stand up and holler at God if you had enough. Okay. First Kings 3, verses 14. If you walk in my ways, God says to Solomon, so he's, he's watching Solomon, and Solomon's kind of uptight about being king of this great big nation. And so he comes to Solomon in a night vision. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. God had promised Solomon a wise heart to be able to discern evil from good, a far cry from what Eve asked for. He said, I'll give you a wise heart. Well, what does that mean, a wise heart? Hearts don't have brains. What's he talking about? Hmm, interesting. What he was saying was, I will give you a heart for wisdom. A heart, a hunger for wisdom. But if you think yourself wise, you don't ask for it, right? If you're deciding for yourself what's good and what's evil, who would ask for that? But that's what Solomon got, was a wise heart. And, and it, it drove him. He did a lot of stuff. Built a, uh, a temple and everything else. So it's a heart after God who alone is wise. And Solomon also wrote in his Proverbs, which he said in the book, book of Ecclesiastes, there's no end to the books you could write. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. Not the pinnacle, not the top. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where we start if we want to be wise. What does that mean? It's not making us wise. We're being wise about making God the center of our life. Not just prominent, preeminent. The only wise one. Preeminent. I think the devil has tricked us into being smart enough to do the work of God without God. And it ceases to become the work of God. And it's amazing how busy we can do, uh, be doing nothing. So Solomon did not end well because he chose to try to handle wisdom instead of allowing God, who alone is wise, to control him. Anybody here read the book of Ecclesiastes? Did you read it all at once or just a chapter at a time? Chapter, did you? Oh. Never read the book of Ecclesiastes one chapter at a time because you will be depressed for 12 days. <laughs> Guaranteed. This is a book about a man that, Lord, all this wisdom and it doesn't make sense. I'm so confused. Yeah, well, at that point in time, he had 700 wives and 300 girlfriends. I'll say he's confused. Talk about conflicted. What is that? Solomon took a hold of wisdom and tried to use it according to his own understanding. Exactly what the enemy offered Eve. And exactly what we do too often in trying to please God. Mm. We need to live in God who is pleased with himself and would be very pleased if we would just do that. So even Adam already had the knowledge of good and evil, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 2. What the devil offered her and she offered Adam was independence from God. Independence from God. The thrill of actually determining for herself what she wanted to believe. If she liked something, it was good. If she didn't like it, it was evil. Do we not have an entire world full of people today 
mostly unbelievers, that are doing that same thing. And do Christians not fight sometimes with one another for the same reason? Because everyone has decided to do what they think is good and what they th- won't do what they think is evil. And even justifying some of what they do from reading the Bible. Oh, a verse here or a verse there, but never two or three verses at a time saying the same thing. If you think God has said something to you and you've got a point, you need to find it in at least two, preferably three or four other places in the Bible where he speaks about the same thing because it joins it all together. And it's a a good uh, check to make sure you're on track doing the things of God. So, in in, uh, John 5, verse 15, what did Jesus say we could do without him? Nothing. It's amazing how busy we can be doing nothing. (laughs) All this good stuff sometimes we do in the church, and sometimes if it's not God-directed, it's for nothing. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God. Eve exchanged, exchanged life from God for existence without God. Adam and Eve, without God, who sustains everything, had become powerless to do anything. (laughs) Where are we without God? Nowhere. Where are we going without God? Nowhere fast. The world. Look at it. It's not getting better. We're getting more more about ourselves than we are about God. And as believers, being light in the world... We can't change the world, but we can offer hope to one person at a time. And that's what we're called to do. Jesus said we could do nothing apart from him. You know what nothing means in the Greek and the Hebrew? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Perfect. That's wisdom. How simple is that? Exactly. We get so confounded and so conflicted with what we think should be right and should be wrong, we miss wisdom. We become like Solomon, who didn't end well. Book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 21 and 25. This is our day and age. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of God, pardon me, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. Images. Images. Dumb idols. Dumb because God said they couldn't speak and they can't move. We have to move them around. You know what the modern day dumb idol is? Can be? When we face the mirror in the morning, it might be the dumbest idol you've ever seen. Because of what we do with our belief in God, what we do with faith. He becomes our servant instead of we being a servant of the most high God. That's what we were created for. And in that relationship, seriously, folks, we have enough wisdom to swim in. It's just there, and it's natural. It's God. 
verse 24. So therefore God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. And that's what the enemy did. And that's why every child today born into this world sometime during the age of 13 to 20 will tell you that you don't know what you're talking about. And they're convinced they do. No experience, but they're convinced they do. What is that? It's just the old flesh trying to rise up. Let me close with John chapter 3, verses 16, uh, quickly. John chapter 3. Puts a cap on the whole thing. You know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen? Amen. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Really, that's it? Just because you don't believe? No, it's bigger than that. Verse 19. And this is the, command, this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, John chapter 1 again, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. You are the light of the world, and yet you say, no, we're the light of the world, yes, if you have your way in us, if you're preeminent. Oh, Lord, let your preeminence prevail in our lives. Oh, Lord, dis as you disdain the darkness sometimes that we love, check us on that, Lord. Check us on that. Father, I pray for your blessing and your peace upon each one here and this church as you build your church, Lord, in its midst. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Amen.